Welcome to Get Unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Over the next hour, you will be given valuable tips and tools you can use to overcome what keeps you stuck. Now, here is Jason. Welcome to Get Unstuck, Move Forward With Your Life. I am your host, Jason Hopkins. Thank you for joining us today. Get Unstuck Radio is inspired by my own journey of navigating this thing called life. More than a decade ago, I faced my own dark night of the soul, a painful chapter that robbed me of my mind, my money, and my way. After a series of catastrophic setbacks upended a lifetime of work, I was left with two choices, to end it all or to begin again. Fortunately, with a mustard seed of faith, I chose to walk forward with a new commitment to serve others. Over the last decade, I have faithfully worked to evolve the narrative of how the world sees mental health. By recognizing that everyone struggles, sometimes we all need new insight and a different perspective to see life more clearly. Not only is the show the birthplace of my own efforts to overcome life's challenges, but a safe space to meet other champions who, even after setbacks, still bravely show up to serve others. Get Unstuck Radio highlights the phenomenal people who have joined me along the way. It is a place to share their stories, which hopefully will spark inspiration in your own life. Together, we celebrate our individual capacity to move forward and get the life we truly desire. Each week, a distinguished guest will join me to share their own unique perspective about what it takes to move beyond stuck and achieve their truest potential. Regardless of where you are, I am hopeful you will discover the inspiration and courage to make an impact in your own life. Let's get started. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome my friend, Kate Emerson. Kate is a multi-published author, coach, and retreat facilitator. After packing up her life in South Africa and living completely location-free for six years, she has now made home on the small and remote Hebrides Island of Iona. She runs a retreat center. She runs retreats in Iona, Greece, and Italy, loves early morning cold water swimming, and has taken up a new hobby to learn the art of bookbinding. Welcome, Kate. Thank you for being here for another episode of Get Unstuck Radio. Oh, Jason, it's really such a pleasure. I'm so thrilled you asked me. Thank you. You know, Kate, I you, you were one of the first people when I was inspired to do this show that I knew I wanted to talk back or talk to. And, and I think back to when we first met, gosh, nearly a decade ago, um, we, we met at a, a marketing um, retreat in California and Kate and I hit it off. And I remember us having some fascinating conversation over some junk food, probably me eating it, not her. And um, was immediately inspired by her effervescence and to watch, you know, what she's accomplished over the next uh, decade is just fascinating. So I'm so glad you're here. And Jason, I will never forget meeting you because I remember we seemed to have these little giggles, right, of like just we would erupt into laughter at the most inappropriate times. And we just bonded over that. And I also was so inspired by your story of comeback. You know, you shared so much when we met in America, and it's just been truly remarkable to see you get really into the space of mental health and walk your talk and help others. It's been, I feel blessed to know you in my life and that we stayed connected. We did not get unstuck from each other. <laughs> that is so kind of you to say, and and, and I appreciated it. Like yourself, it's been a journey. So tell, tell us a little more about you, Kate. I mean, obviously you're living on this this beautiful island in Scotland. And, you know, as I shared with my my listeners a minute ago, you were living location-free for the last six years before that. Like, let's tell us a, li- a little bit more about you that, that I've not shared yet. 
Well, you know, this island is interesting because I worked here over 20 years ago when I was at a loose end and it was just before I went to France to earn some money to study to become a coach. And that was that was 2002. Okay. So this island holds a very special place. And from all that time ago, this island kept calling me, but it kind of went very quiet for a while. Until three years ago, I came back here after the first lockdown with my mum. And I needed to really come and sit with myself. I needed to get a little unstuck. I needed to close out some chapters. And I was like, the only place that I can fathom going is this little island of Iona. And not many people were coming here because it had been very protected over COVID. Okay. And so there weren't many people here. And I just fell in love with this island all over again. And it's a bit mad, right? 171 or two people live here. But thousands of people come in the summer. And I'm often a little sad to leave because every summer I go to Europe and run writing retreats. And I feel like I have got a spiritual home here because I always like to combine practical and spirit. And it feels like this has been my home for a very long time. Right. And it's only just over a year. And I'm looking now, there's little lambs on the croft and they make me so happy, like with their, their little jumping around. And I love it here. And I feel like I have found a place for my next chapter. You know, I'm all about adventure. So this right. feels like it's an adventure that I'm meant to be here at this time in my life. Well, and you've had a lot of adventure in your life. That's one of the things that, you know, when I used the word effervescence a minute ago, I am so inspired by how something will spark within you and then you move into making it so or taking action. And I want to reiterate for anybody that's listening, this is not a paid endorsement for Iona. You literally think it's this magical. You know, people who come here feel it is magical because it's a small island and people come from all over the world and so many American visitors and people come year after year after year. This is, no one needs to pay to advertise Iona, right? It's just, right. it sits in people's hearts and spaces and literally magic happens here. There's a lovely story. I call it lemon drizzling. Ladies came on a retreat in October and the one lady got here, she was exhausted. She had like it had been a real journey, pilgrimage, like whatever to get here. And she's like, all I need is lemon drizzle cake. It's my favorite cake. And when I kid you not, that was what we were already serving for tea that afternoon. And she didn't know it, you know, and it just, she's like, oh, I don't even need a nap. I just need to eat my lemon drizzle cake. And to this day, we'll call it, we lemon drizzle something where we just talk about it. it and we make it happen. So that's our new take on manifesting. Just lemon drizzle it. I, I love that. And, and the symbolism is so great in that. So, you know, I'm really fascinated and curious about your your inspiration to be location free and how you moved wholeheartedly into that journey. Like, give us some context to what framed up that experience for you of, of moving into that. that phase yeah. Of so um, just for all your listeners, you know, for over I don't know, 15 years, I had been South Africa's declutter expert. So right. before Marie Kondo was even Marie Kondo and took over the world, I was going into people's homes and my motto is live light, live large. I spoke on stages all over the world, endeavoring to inspire people to just not be so attached to their stuff, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. And really just, if you have stuff, love it, use it, make sure it adds value and I'd always been a bit of a minimalist. So when I have stuff, I love it and I appreciate it. But I also find it quite easy to let it go. Okay. And I believe we also need to let go of people, places, things, ideas, old, old, outdated habits. 
And so I was looking at coming to live in America and I had been there a few times and I, it was calling me and I was kept looking and I just thought I need to take my own message one step further. And I thought, what if I live out of suitcase for one year? And one year became six, right? I wrote my book, um, 10 Lessons for Living Location Free, as five years location free hit. And I landed up doing another year until I found this home here. And it was just an adventure. And it was just a, an idea of, can I do it? Is it possible? What space will be made? And I just think it was so liberating. And even to this day, when I get stuff for this flat, I'm like, oh, have I got too much stuff, right? And I have a small flat with a small amount of things. But, you know, it was such a beautiful internal journey because the biggest gift of going location-free was not the adventure and the people I met. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. It was the absolute need to rely even more wholeheartedly on myself, my intuition, my inner core, what would keep me safe, how would I build community, how would I connect people. So it really was um, a journey within, even though externally I was moving around a lot more. So people don't often see what's going on in the inside. It, the moving around connected me so much more deeply to myself. I think that was my biggest takeaway from it. Well, it sounds like a, a real wholehearted and authentic journey. I mean, not only um, to to have been the, the the author and the speaker who is resonant of of these um, ways of living that you actually were walking the walk and talking the talk and I can imagine the richness and the depth you get from doing that work yourself only adds to the in, in incredible tapestry that you've woven for everybody else that you're showing up to serve. Thank you, Jason. You, you know. I think one of the biggest things, and when I witness people, is that people are full of bullshit at the moment. Like, they don't want to show up as who they are. They're just trying to be Instagram perfect or Facebook perfect or website perfect. And I'm much more about just be yourself, be authentic, own it. doesn't matter. Like, we all have warts. We all have histories. We all have times that we muck up. You know, you speak so eloquently about yours. I mean, I have messed up things so many times you try things that don't work I've lost money I've made money I've lost partners I've had partners you know it's like that's the real thing right so yes I can put on a little bit of lipstick but my god I always just try and be myself and I think that comes back to do you know your values in life and are you bold enough to live them so it's like as within as without as above so below you know in COVID there was something that really irked me that people were doing is they would look perfect up above and then be in their PJs and their slippers right Right, right. like right now because I'm sitting on my couch I don't have any shoes on but I do not have my slippers next to me I've got a proper pair of trainers and I was just like it, it, it was almost such a dichotomy for me that was showing me what was going on. Like people were split, right? Right. And to this day, if I'm in even an interview, I will not wear slippers. I'm either barefoot or I'm wearing like proper shoes, right? And it's just, <laughs> it's part of that, right? Like how do you show up for yourself? Right. Right. So like I'll put mascara on every single day because I like it, right? And I do it right. for me, whether I'm at home or out. I like it. It's not for anybody else. Well, and, and I love how you're sharing about being a living example for yourself first. I mean, there's a couple of things I take away from what you just said is, A, nothing or no one is perfect. You know, I, I, I have often said to people that I work with that, you know, we all have a chapter that we would prefer, 
you know, the world at large not read. I certainly do. My story is built on that chapter. And and really, for the better part of a decade, I hated the story that built me into the person that I am today. And I think going through these processes that kind of unearth you and peel back to get closer to the core of who you are is really, that's that's the richness of life. That's where you find the fruit. And, and it's interesting to me, and I, I know you do this work with people in a in a pretty committed way. What what do you think are the things that stand in the way of people really taking action to get the life they want? But you know, it sounds so trite to say fear. But again, I think if people don't know their values, like sometimes when I feel like I'm fumbling, I'm like, Kate, what's your highest value? Mine is courage and honesty. So I'm right. like, come on. Like, get yourself going, be a bit more courageous. So I think if people are not in touch with who they are, right, they've put so many layers on. They've tried to do so much to please other people or the system or their parents or the church or whoever it is, right? And it's like we just we just put layers and layers and layers of falsification around our heart, around our brains. We don't think for ourselves. We don't look after ourselves. We don't take time out. You know, I've been there, right, where I just worked myself to the dog on bone and landed up in bed flat with two herniated discs. That was my undoing, right? And I had to relearn, ah, you're doing too much for other people. But we all have to go through that in our own time, right? I think I think sometimes we come up against ourselves at the perfect moment because, you know, even if we've kept ourselves stuck, at some point we will have our undoing, right? Something will happen internally, or externally, like we will all get unstuck at some point. Something or someone or some event will come along to shake us to our core. It's just a matter of when. And right. I sometimes go, can we embrace that and notice that it's coming? I call that the crossroads ahead of the time. Whereas often we get to the crossroads and we're like, oh, I didn't know that was coming. You know, And often I think we're a little delusional. We just saw it coming. We chose to ignore it. Yeah, I think that's true. And for a lot of us, it plays in, out in our lives in, in pretty epic ways. I mean, for me, you know, there were several cues. This was pretty that, epic. Well, prior to my undoing that if I had, had course corrected, it it could have it could have looked completely different. And, you know, I, I have spent the last 10 years hating that story when really, if it hadn't been epic, I don't think I would have gotten the lessons I got. So I, I want to remind people that there are no wrong paths and what is meant for you will not pass you by. You know, it's I, I too have been laid flat even in the last 10 years. Um, I had two herniated discs and sciatica and remember not leaving my bed for the better part of two months. And it was incredibly humbling to recognize that regardless of how much power you feel internally to, to move things in your direction, sometimes life happens and will leave you flat on your butt. And I think it's meant to, Jason. I, you know, I think that's also what it's like metal or it's like, you know, when we forge things, like we need to be forged, right, in our lives. We need to go through the fire. It makes us better people. It makes us kinder. It makes us more compassionate. And then we forget and then we need a little slap, right, whether we give it to ourselves or the universe gives it to us. And I think that's the thing is not expecting it to be easy. We can find the easier route and we can be a whole lot gentler on ourselves. But Life is tough, right? The Dalai right. Lama says that life is suffering. I oh. wanted to I wanted to give you the Scottish version of the, you know, what won't pass you by. Please. And let me see if I can say it. It's what's for your nail goodbye. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it means like what is meant for you will not go by you, right? And that's the good and the the really, really difficult. And I think when we expect it to be easy, I'm not saying things can be downstream, right? Even when we're in the chaos, we can be downstream and take the gentler route. So I don't know what you like when you were on your back, but I literally just thought, okay, that's cool. I just need to go to bed and I need to rest. And I was very downstream about it. I was in absolute agony, but I was cool about it. And everybody was like, how are you going to go to bed? You're so busy. You're so like, you know, you're always out there. And I'm like, I know how to go to bed. My body needs right. to rest. And I've I was had two episodes of that. Even in the chaos. What? I've had two episodes of that. The first one, I was not as good at leaning into. The second one, I was gentler with myself because I knew this will end. But I will say that first episode, I watched every Hallmark Christmas movie that year. So I was really, you know, just plugged into this romanticized notion of life. Um, we're going to take a quick break. But when I come back, I really would like to unpack this concept of what is meant for you won't pass you by in the terms of getting unstuck. And 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 really talk about, you know, from my perspective, social media presents to us everything is perfect and wonderful and works well, and there are shortcuts and things could be easy. Based on what we've just talked about, I'm not sure that that's actually true in real life. I'm going to put that in quotes. I'd love to get your ideas on that concept a little more right here after the break. Great. Look forward to it. We'll see you guys in two minutes. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to the show. If you have a question for Jason or his guests... 
Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jason. Welcome back to Get Unstuck Radio. I'm your host, Jason Hopkiss, and today I have my fabulous friend, Kate Emerson, here. Before the break, we were just dipping into uh, reasons that people get unstuck and and reasons that maybe they don't make shifts until the wall falls on them. Um, I would love for us to jump back in from that place, Kate, and really talk about, you know, from your own personal perspective, how has the get unstuck narrative kind of shown up for you and maybe how is it showing up for you currently? So, you know, I always talk about crossroads. And so the reason I own is so important is because three years ago when I came here, I was I was doing something called what I call looking back and closing out because I believe I have a, a sentence that I live by, which is about honoring the gap that exists bet- um, between no longer and not yet. And we don't like sitting in that gap. It's terrifying. We don't Easy. like closing out without knowing. And you were saying about liminal space, right? We get very edgy and anxious and Oh, we want to speed that up. We don't like sitting in this void. And yet it's such a beautiful, natural space to be. So I'm all about closing out, like putting things to bed, honoring them, be proud of them, look back, get the insights, the lessons, whatever the whatever you want to call it. But just look back and go, wow, right? The good, the bad and the crap. Mm-hmm. And then not quite yet start looking at the, the forward, right? Because that's our anxiety. We want to control the future. And sitting in this gap is one of the most beautiful places. And it's a little scary to sit and let things come to you, right? And yes, I know we all need to earn money and we all need to do things, but you can stop forcing things to happen. So in this gap, it's like just trying to bat things away until it's the right time. And then I always have this concept of you plant a seed and then you start watering the seed And then you just see which ones are going to take and which ones aren't. And I'm busy doing that again because that last crossroads was I'd become single. I'd closed, I'd sold a huge chunk of my business in South Africa, all my online courses that I've been doing for 15 years. And I left South Africa. So I was closing up three big things in my life. And I'm about to do another one. So right now I'm sitting on this side of the crossroads and the crossroads is ahead of me. And I'm trying not to run towards it, right? I'm not, I'm trying not to force it. I'm trying to just let it come in the right way, going, what's next for me here on our own? Is there something more for me? What's meant for me, right? Without, I think 10 years ago, I could be much more pushy about making things happen rather than kind of looking at a few ideas, taking them all out, and then letting them all come to me in the right time. And it's a whole lot easier that way, right? I don't feel as anxious about the future because I keep going, the right thing will find me. My job is me. My job is to stay centered, focused, healthy, strong, aligned, meditate, cold water, swim in that cold blimmin' water I'm looking at, (laughs) do my very best to do me. And the things that are right for me, I will know when I come across them. Okay. So it's, it's it's letting go of the need to force things, I think has been one of my biggest lessons and also knowing the right time to close things out. I think 
to go back to what you were asking earlier, one of the reasons people either stay stuck or come unstuck is they hold on too long. They hold on past the sell-by date. Right, we're so good when we go into a supermarket. Oh no, this has gone, it's sell-by date. Oh no, it's in three days. Oh no, I can't buy that. But in our lives, we don't look at what has come to its sell-by date. I've just made a big decision this year to close out something I've been doing for seven years. And it gave me such relief, right? Like up up to the actual mouthing of the words, I was like, I wonder what it's going to feel like. You say the words and it's like, wow, relief literally washed over me. And it doesn't mean I never enjoyed it, still don't enjoy it. It just means that it's time is done. And I don't know that people are very good at honoring that. They feel it, but then they don't act upon it. And they think, oh, no, it's going to go away or it's going to get better or no, it's it's all right. I can just stick with this. Well, I think it goes back to that one word you mentioned earlier, fear, you know, and so many of us fear that unknown. And frankly, what you're what you're saying here, a couple of things resonate with me, even in my own life. It's it's the journey of living in the flow, you know, and a lot of what you know, impedes or negates us from living in the the flow is that nasty C word control. You know, many of us think that as we're controlling things in our lives, that we're actually moving life, our life in the direction that it's meant to go. And I'm not saying there's not success in doing so, but there are also some negative consequences of wanting to control every single outcome, primarily being that something that's far better may not be able to show up because you're controlling exactly where you're sitting. You know, I think it's it. what's fascinating about this topic and this conversation with you and I having it is it gives me a real peace of mind. And I hope for anybody listening, they hear this, that even people who are, you know, deemed experts in their space struggle and and come to these points in life where, like you said, a crossroads that they have to be able to make different choices and sometimes choose to let things go to make space for something new to reveal itself. Um I don't think anybody's immune to that. And it reminds me of my very first episode here with my friend, Dr. Gene Miller. Um, We had a conversation on grief. And and after that conversation, Kate, the thing that I walked away from was the recognition that nobody will escape grief in their lifetime. And that was something I had never recognized from that perspective before. And, And I think there is also an element of letting go of what is and moving into something that is unknown, there may be something that looks a little familiar to grief in that process. Completely. Like when we are letting go of something, whether it's a person, a home we've lived in, a job, a business we sell, a, a, a country we live in, a, an idea, whatever it is, it's like there is such loss and we ne- we're meant to just get on with it, right? I think because right. I think, people will always move home at some point in their life. That's one of the biggest transition points. And I always help people like say goodbye to their home and to that chapter. Of course, you can be excited about a new home, but what about this one, right? And what about, especially for kids, right? It can be very traumatic moving home, being wrenched from where they feel comfortable. But I think nobody escapes grief. I love that concept, you know, that concept that we all have to access that pain. And no one escapes change and fear, right? And it's no. just it's the word of the work of Byron Katie, right? Can you sit with what is? Right. I think that's work of all meditation, of all prayer, of all religions. It's just meeting things 
and people as we are and as they are and not trying to make anything different than what it is. I've been learning that in dating (laughs) (laughs) because it's the same thing, right? Taking things as they are, taking people as they are that I'm, because I'm out there on the dating scene and just not trying to make something that isn't there, just letting it be in front of me and seeing it with an open heart rather than trying to make it and control it to be something that it's not. Well, really, it's it's the exercise in being responsive versus being reactive. Exactly. You know, and dating specifically, I find so many times people are really focused on turning the person in front of them into who they think they should be versus who they are. And, And that is such a trap that I believe many people end up in disappointment because of that, that if, if you went into it with this more open-hearted uh, perspective of, I'm going to see what's in front of me, not what I want it to be, I think there would be more successful outcomes, don't you? And I think the same is true for not only dating, but also for job interviews. Anything. Right? And anything, like actually what is in front of you or how are you deluding yourself? So I've really learned as I get more mature to step back a little bit. I've got plenty of energy and plenty of willingness to do things and lots of capacity, but just holding my space, right? Right. Just holding your own, just like standing still and strong and just contain it, feel it, witness it, and, and not, as you say, and then you can respond rather than react. Well, I think it's something like when people eat too much sugar or drink too much alcohol or drugs or if they're off kilter in themselves, like I know if I've had too much coffee, it's much easier for me to pick up the phone and respond to something quickly, right? To right. bash off as opposed to just when I'm calm, I can still speak fast because that's my nature. But it's like our chemical, like how we are doing inside our body is a huge part of do we just fly off a reaction rather than sitting with something. So I think I'm all about how do we sit a little longer and a little deeper and a little quieter to pause. And that is more of the work that I do now. Like I do not go into people's homes anymore. I do not help them declutter. I'm like, fabulous, read my book, get on with it. I just no longer am called to do that work. I'm called to help people be quiet, shut up, sit down, Greet yourself and take some time out, right? That's what I'm called to because that's what I'm doing now, taking more time to simply be. I love that. So I guess the obvious question that's coming up for me here is how has your motto, live light, live large, how is it different? Or is it? I think energetically, it is still exactly the same. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, in my flat, when I moved here, I bought a little a little bit of stuff like art to put up on the walls. And just last week, my my real stuff that I've had for 20 years, art that I've, my parents gave me, arrived from South Africa. And now I'm going, I think I've got too much art on my walls. And, like, I prefer space. And I'm going... And I have to rearrange, right, and go what suits me because I don't like that feeling of too much, of clutter, of like no space to breathe, right? A home likes to breathe. So I think it's embedded in me. It's been part of my life for so long. I crave more meeting people and adventures, um, experiences. I mean, it's interesting. I've just bought a little car, which is a thing 
And for me, it represents freedom. Coming and going off this island is quite tricky with public transport. And for me, it's not about the thing. It's not about the acquisition of the car. It's linked to my value of freedom. So it's a completely different thing, right? It's not about the car. It's about what it gives me, right? Where some people will buy the car for the car. I'm like, it's a car, right? It's four wheels. It's a piece of metal. It's a car. Do I love it? Yes, I've chosen something I love. But it's a car. It's what does the car facilitate for me? And I think we get too attached to the things, right? The, the nuts and bolts of the things. And another reason why I love, it's a reason why a lot of people love Iona, is they say that the veil between the two worlds here is very thin. It happens on a lot of islands. This is a deeply spiritual, sacred island because of its history, both Celtic and Druidic and pagan and Christian. And here I find that I feel very steeped um, and connected to my spirit, right? So we're allowed to enjoy the beautiful things in this world, but I think it's really important to stay connected to what really, really matters. Kindness, compassion, people, our journey, we're all just walking home. We're all getting out of here with no right. grief and death. Right, right. Yeah, we we all are, are going to meet the same end here. You know, and, and I'm so inspired just in, in your realness of, you know, this live light, live large motto. And and look at even in my own life, you know, in, in my former life, which, which I refer to pre-breakdown, um, it, it was big. There was a lot of grandiosity, the 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 houses, the cars, the art, all, all the things, the trappings of you know what most people perceive as the American dream. And I remember I've always been a car guy. Anybody who knows me knows this about me. And um I remember after I, I had my breakdown and there was that period of you know very quiet still space of beginning again and recognizing that oh if I can just get another really nice car again, I'm gonna be okay. And it took me a couple of years to manifest that. And and I remember the day I went to pick it up, um, I was driving home through the mountains and I, I just came over, became overwhelmed with emotion and I started crying. And it was not because I was sad. It was the reality of I had put so much effort and energy into creating this thing. And I had done it to then realize it was just my car. Like, yes, it was a nice car, and I had worked very hard to manifest this and make this happen, but it was just my car. And the understanding that I had from that has kind of reframed materialism for me in a very different way. I mean, um, I love beautiful things. There's there's no question about that. But I think so many of us approach the acquisition of getting something from that place of woundedness or brokenness in thinking that it's going to be the thing that fixes it. And, and it's just not, you know, there is an element of being able to be completely whole and making a decision to do something like you buying a car to give yourself freedom versus thinking this is going to be the thing that's going to make my life better. There is such a beautiful discernment in that, that I think if more people approached life from that station point of I am whole and I'm making this choice because it aligns with who I am today, I think the world would be so much more smooth yeah you know jason it's it's that thing isn't it of recognizing what do things give us yes they give us a beautiful life or they can make our lives comfortable but as everybody in this world went through in covid right everybody had a reject but i think a lot of people have already skedaddled on from that right. reject right we all got a wake-up call collectively at the same time about what's important health life 
um, community, right, looking after each other, and how quickly, right, have we just moved on from that? And I think that is one of the most important things is just remembering the real value, right, of people, of um, like just our authentic alignment to our heart, right? Are we proud of ourselves when we go to bed, right? right. Whether we've messed up that day or done good that day, are we proud of ourselves? Are we like, okay, I'm okay, or I can do a little better tomorrow? But not this sort of delusionment, right, where we just, like, we don't give a damn about anything, including ourselves, um, you know, and I think that also comes on to gratitude, which we haven't mentioned, right, which is, I think, such a big part of even when we're stuck or when we're coming unstuck or when we're moving through the stuckness, it's like, can we just stop and just go, okay, this is simply where I am. It will right. move. Right, the next cog will come because it has to, but at certain times in life they're just a little longer. So it took you two years to get that car. How beautiful! But more beautiful is that you recognize the moment for what it was. Right. right. Mm. You know, and, and and something that I was just inspired by here is the awareness in the moment of being able to realize that this is now and not forever. And I think about the gifts that we got through COVID, and I think there were some of them. The one thing that we've rushed back to and moved away from is our ability to stop and take a pause. And I think that pause is so important to be thoughtful in how we move through our lives. And, and gratitude does have a huge element of that. Um, when we come back from a short break, I'd love for us to talk more about this element of gratitude. Then I want to talk more about you moving into this next transition of your life and what kind of fabulous things can we expect to see from, from the incredible Kate Emerson. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. This is Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. On Read My Lips Radio, producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with smart, savvy, creative people as she discovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, when creativity first became their passion, and how their creative process can inspire the rest of us to think out of the box. Enjoy, a.k.a. Radio Red's always lively, cool conversations with creatives. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Oh, how those lips can talk. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to the show. If you have a question for Jason or his guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jason. Welcome back to Get Unstuck Radio. Today, I have my fabulous friend, Kate Emerson, here. Um, She is a live light, live large expert. Um, And you brought a really beautiful word into the space of this conversation uh, before the break, gratitude. Um, I'd love for us to spend a few minutes talking about the presence of gratitude and how powerful and important that can be in really shaping a life that each of us can love. You know, at the moment, I'm doing some Joe Dispenza studying. So he has a beautiful sentence which says, gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. And so often, I think as humans, because of this thing we were talking about, this materialism, consumerism, we often are grateful for things when we've got them. Oh, thank you for the car. Thank you for the meal. Thank whatever. We are retrospectively grateful, right? And sometimes not. But we give thanks for things that we have had. And I think gratitude is more about being more present of mind and being grateful for everything, no matter what's showing up, right? Just grateful for small things, big things, but also having gratitude for things that might be coming. So it's that, like, what else could be coming? Like, what else is around the corner that I don't even know is there? And imagine, like, if I can be grateful for that now, like the great people that are coming to my life, the dates I'm going to have, the places I'm going to visit, the home I'm going to buy, you know, like, so sure, I've got a car now, but like, is there a home for me? Is there a retreat center? What's the next chapter of my business? And I stand here in awe going, I wonder what's next. And I'm grateful, right, for that. I wonder what's next. That's how I approach it. Well, and there's a tremendous expectancy in that. You know, there is a presence in knowing that what is meant for you will not pass you by. And I think that is formed of this state of gratitude. And, you know, gratitude is an interesting thing to me. And I think so many people believe you can only practice it as a practice when things are going well. And I actually think it's when things are not necessarily going well that you have the capacity to show up in gratitude, write three things at the beginning or the end of every day that you have to be grateful for and and do not put breathing on every single one of them. Like really plug in and find things that you can be grateful for. You know, I, I do a lot of individual working with, with people and gratitude is always integrated as a practice. But what I find so often is when bad things happen to us, we immediately move into that victim mentality of something bad happened to me. And I think gratitude gives you the space and the grace to move into what are the lessons that it gave you? What are the things that it taught you? What are the good things that you can glean from that experience or that happening? You know, and you see it play out a lot in relationships. You know, when when somebody breaks up with somebody, it's always what that person did that made them a terrible human. Like you must not have always thought that about them. And surely there are some gifts to recognize from that relationship. I think moving from that space of blame and anger and resentment into how did this show up to affect and change me? And for many of us, it may be, I don't want any more of that ever again. 
But there is a beautiful gift in being able to use gratitude in the good and the bad times and everything in between. Exactly. And it's the same as using meditation or prayer. It's like if you can find that wisdom, I think it's a wise person who can do that, right? Because you're just able to see everything. There's no good or bad. It's just what is in front of me? What can I be grateful for? A story just comes to mind. It was many years ago, and I just bought my first flat in Johannesburg. And I remember I had bought a new pair of trainers, and I was going out for a run on my own in Johannesburg, a fairly crime-ridden city. And I was attacked and thrown to the floor, and my brand-new sneakers, I'll call them sneakers, were stolen. And I hobbled home in my socks. And from walking, from being attacked, so I wasn't injured, I was just thrown to the floor. Of course, I was shocked and adrenaline, but in the space between getting up and walking home, I still had my keys, I was able to go, what's this for me? Like, what is in this for me? Gratitude for I wasn't hurt, I wasn't raped, I wasn't killed. And the thing that I realized is that it was just before Christmas and I had not been giving enough to other people. Like, I had not tithed enough. And that young lad stealing my shoes brought me to a point of gratitude going something's been taken from me because I have not perhaps been given enough giving enough right and I was literally able to take it through me and cog it yes I had to get some adrenaline out my body sure right because it's like it's an attack and a, and a personal affront but I was able to find the gratitude and the lesson within a 20-minute walk and then the trauma disappears right so I think, and we can't all do that in every situation, but I think if we can have some sense of what's in it for me and what can I be thankful for, I think it would make us better humans. That's exactly what you just said, and I'm reiterating it. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And and again, I think our rush towards materialism, it it is crippling us from having the rich fullness of life. Like there is more to living a beautiful life than just acquiring more things. And I'm saying that as a fairly acquisitive person, um, you know, it, it's funny. I was in conversation with, with someone recently about recognizing that I didn't know how to balance the fact that this experience of materialism offers me almost zero satisfaction anymore. You know, of course I look at the things and I admire the things and it's like, Oh, it'd be nice to have the thing, but, but the act of acquiring the thing something has shifted. It just doesn't hold a lot of appeal to me anymore. And that, that feels good. And I'm grateful for that. But, um, you know, I think, I think so many of us get plugged into pursuing something that just doesn't last. And Jason, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why people get and stay stuck is because they create this life around them that they then have to feed. Right. right, whether it's mouths or money or insurance or staff, they have to keep this life, and then they're too terrified to dismantle it. They know they should or they want to, and they're yearning to, but they've created such a big acquisitory life that they don't know how to. And then it's like something something needs to shatter that, right? And if we don't do it ourselves willingly, and we don't actually walk towards those crossroads of going, I need to rethink, I re need to relook, I need to take stock. I might need to embrace this chapter. If we don't do that, it will get done for us. I How do you think somebody does that intentionally? With a wholehearted, open heart, right? Just like getting, spending time with yourself, right? Actually questioning, like, am I happy? Am I living my values? Am I being authentic? 
Am I joyful? Am I grateful for my life? Like, that's the thing about retreating, right? How much time do you take with yourself? Or anyone listening, how much time out do you take with yourself? We give ourselves every excuse that we can't. We're too busy. We're too needed. We're too whatever. We've got to harry the kids or feed the husband. Or we just say we can't take time out as if it's some badge to wear. Right. As opposed to going, I absolutely need to take some time out to have a courageous conversation with myself to figure out, do I want what I have created? And just because I've created it doesn't mean I have to love it for 20 years. Like, we're allowed to reinvent ourselves, right? We're allowed to say, this is no longer what I want. It doesn't mean it wasn't great. And I think that's the thing, right? It's like revisiting Just because I don't want it anymore doesn't mean it wasn't great. And that's the thing coming back to relationships, right? You must have been in love with that person, right? Right. So now that you're not, doesn't mean that they're all bad. Otherwise, why why were you with them in the first place? So we're allowed to reinvigorate our lives with new choices. Right. Right. So being grateful for what was, but like letting it be where it was and expectant for the next chapter. And to say thank you for the lesson, I don't need any more of that. I think that's why so many of us repeat patterns. We go back to replicate more of the thing that is exactly the thing that we don't need any more of. So being able to stand in that empowered place of thank you but no um, is really an empowered place. And I agree with you. As humans, we wear busy like a badge of honor. And frankly, it is not a badge of honor. You know, the dreaded B word busy, I absolutely cannot stand. And I find myself saying it more than I'd like to because I am legitimately busy. But I also have to recognize it in that same breath. I have a choice of choosing to unplug and recharge and rejuvenate myself in a way that sustains me being busy. And I think that's where many people have the disconnect here. You know, Kate, what what one of the many things I love about you is that so much of your work has kind of been a living legacy about the work that you've done in your own life. You know, I would love for you to share with our audience, you know, you've written several books. You mentioned um, your decluttering phase in the beginning. I think that was your first book. Let's talk a little bit more about, about some of your accomplishments. I would love for anybody who's listening that wants to learn more about you and how you can serve them. Tell us more about that. About the other books that I've got? Yeah. Yeah. So or did the other things you've got going on. Oh, well, so, so like, yeah, I mean, Clear Your Clutter was my first, and that will always be my favorite born, right, my first born. And then my last book is about 10 lessons for living location-free for people over 45, right, because the way I lived was not for people who were 20. It was different, but everybody I interviewed, we were all professional people. But I'm in a different chapter now, right? So now I'm all about... Like just greeting yourself and taking time out and pausing and just, yeah, just take, that's all I can say, right? Pause and immerse and retreat and figure out who you are and what you want. And I am hell bent on taking time off. Like I refuse to work as hard. I still need to earn money. I still need to, you know, sort out my retirement, but I refuse to work as hard as I used to because a lot of that was simply keeping me busy to keep me away from what was really important. Like this afternoon after my swim, I had a nap, right? Because I was, my body needed to recalibrate after this cold water swim. And I was like, I'm going to have a 40 minute nap. That's quite a long nap so that I'm ready and energized to come and hang out with you, Jason, because it would have been so easy to be like, oh, don't be stupid, right? You know, it's middle of the afternoon, carry on, do some work, like get on with it. Come on, Kate. 
And I think we just, yeah. Anyway, that wasn't answering your question. Um, currently, well, what I'm doing, it feels like intentional living. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm doing. I'm doing my best, right? It's um, that's the thing. We we've, we've just got to do our darndest, do our best every single day. And I remember when I've been sick at periods in my life, like our best is different on any given day, right? right? On days when I've got lots of energy, I can do a lot more. On days when I don't, I give myself permission to rest. I look after my back because I still have to take really good care of it, right? Because I don't right. want to go back to where I was. Um, and so I love to invite people to our owner. I try and help people to come and be here no matter what. There's loads of places to stay. Come and do a retreat with me. Come and do a private retreat with me. The only virtual work I'm doing at the moment is I run virtual retreats where I used, you mentioned at the beginning, I learned how to stitch and ink and make books and booklets and beautiful things. And I courier these boxes of delight around the world to help people pause at home. Because I think that's the thing. You don't have to go away to have a retreat. That's beautiful. But you can actually take some time out in your own home. The thing that you have spent so much money creating you can use that as a haven to and enjoy yourself time. there. Exactly. Kate Emerson, if nobody has told you today, you are an amazing human and I love the light that you bring to the world. It is such a delight to be friends with you and just to see the journey that you're on. So if anybody's listening and wants to get in touch with you, tell us how they can do so. Easiest way is my website, kate-emerson.com. And you'll find all the links to all my socials there. If you email me, I will apply, reply, not a bot or an assistant, me. (laughs) Love it. And for anybody who's listening that has not yet subscribed to Get Unstuck Radio, you can find us on Get Unstuck Radio handles, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Next week, I have two more incredible guests, Kelly Ryan and Karen Bird. One was a drunk, the other a junkie. Together, they wrote an incredible book about the journey of recovery called Warrior Sisters. You won't want to miss our inspired conversation. Kate, as we're leaving here, what is one word that you're great, one thing you're grateful for today? You, my darling, I love hanging out with you. Thank you. I have absolutely enjoyed it. I would have you back anytime. I I will mirror and share those sentiments. Um, and for anybody that's listening, I encourage you to think about one, two, three things that you're grateful for today. And make it a practice. Do it every night, every morning. Um, You make a choice. Um, Find something to be grateful for in your life and go wholeheartedly towards that. Um, Gratitude is the foundation of everything. And until next time, remember, every journey begins with a next step and you too can be your own champion. Thank you for joining us for Get Unstuck Radio. Thanks for listening to today's show. We hope we've helped you identify how you can overcome the mental block that's been keeping you stuck. Until we talk again, we wish you a great week.